Side the room together. All Welcome right. everybody yeah. to uh, another episode of Chew Bubblegum and Kick Ass. Kick ass. Uh, I'm one of hosts, Brett Battlestain. Hi, Brett. I'm another Hi. one of the hosts. <laughs> My name is Dylan Hawes. Sup, Dylan. Sup. Sup. Sup, Dylan. Uh, we used tuck. to be a John Carpenter podcast. By the way, really quick, the thing's going to be in theaters yeah. in June. I thought we could all go together. We should go. Yes. Um, like really the original only. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. 40th anniversary. Oh, I'm in, I'm down. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Let's do that. When in June? In June. Okay. That's um, sometime in June. Okay. Uh, I thought yeah. it'd be fun. It's at Edwards 21. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've never seen it. In the theater, same. I think it'd be awesome. really. I think it'd be well, fun. Sure. We were all much too young. <laughs> I was. Uh, yeah, but you know, sometimes they play them again. You I get to go see them. But a twinkle in my mind, father's eyes. <laughs> Father, were you? I mean, <laughs> even then, I don't think so. What year did it come out? Eighty-one. 81? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where his life was at. Did he have any kids at that point? You have any siblings that much older than you? Uh, let's see. No, not quite. Okay. Um. So anyways, he, he was out fucking. Used to be a John. <laughs> used to be a John Carpenter podcast. Uh, now we're going through different uh, categories, genres, themes, type stuff of movies for little serieses. Wait, that's um, serieses. And uh, this episode today, we're finishing off our really tied the room together series yeah. where we're battling. We're battling for Coen Brothers supremacy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a Coen Brothers supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Cohen Brothers Bachelorist. Um, <laughs> Jesus. So we're, the movies that we're going to be talking about today are, just to recap, just yeah. to remind everybody, are my, the movie that I got randomly assigned <clears throat> to, Raising Arizona. Right. Mm-hmm. Dylan's. Randomly selected uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Mm-hmm. And Tucker's. Fargo. Fargo. <laughs> so What's you, the end for? If you haven't listened to the what? the previous uh, the previous four Ooh, episodes, N. you might oh, want to right. You might want to go back and listen to those, or at least a chunk of them, just <laughs> to get a sense. You might wanna. Um, a of, chunk of them. Otherwise, this episode might be a little confusing. Oh, uh, I, will it? Eh, if you're just joining, I don't know. Us. Yeah. What are you Context doing clues. this episode? Um, of all of them, you could have picked. So the yeah. weird thing to yeah. pick. So the way these episodes work is we have. Six, ca- uh, five categories, sometimes more, sometimes less. I don't really know. The, we play fast and loose with the rules yeah. on this show. Um, the main criteria is that Tucker doesn't win, and I'm with. I'm right there I with you. I think we're gonna yeah. we're gonna keep up with that. I that think so. Trend. Um, so the way this, the <sighs> categories Dylan. this Three week points. are. Uh, Real, the category number one is really <laughs> tied the room together, mm-hmm. or the titular really tied the room together. Mm-hmm. And the way that's going to work is. Bazoingas, baby. That's even better than titties. Um, the, it, it, basically, what we decided for this, Tucker had the idea of uh, this category being which movie is kind of most essential yeah, yeah. to. Don't say Uvra. Don't say Uvra. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uvra. 
damn it. Shit. Cohen Uber. The most essential. Which one would impact their filmography the most <laughs> if it was removed if it had never been made basically <laughs> right so we'll okay. get into that's that not more necessarily how i'm thinking of it but that okay so that's we'll we'll get into yeah. it more as we as we, when we come back to it the categories from there are most influential most unexpected best in show and cry macho mm. uh, okay. which is worth two points as we all know cry, right cry so we'll go through mm. category by category. We really should have had a song discuss like that why in that movie. Our yeah. movie. <laughs> it should have been <laughs> the exactly yeah. the final scrawl. But, but sung by ninety-five-year-old Clint Eastwood. <clears throat> oh, well, it'd be cool <laughs> if it was that song. Uh, what is it? Cry, little sister. Cry, little macho. Cry, little macho. Thou shall not die, little macho. So old, thou shalt not retire. <laughs> Don't ever take it easy. Thou shalt not go out gracefully. Cry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, little macho. Thou shalt go out with a whisper. <laughs> um, oh, so, man. we'll we'll kind of go around each category and say why we think our movie should get the point for the category. Um, and then we'll kind of debate a little bit, and then we have to kind of come to we have to come to a consensus yeah, of yeah. which movie gets the point. Yeah. Okay, um, that's the only way we can keep objectivity. I think in this objectivity. Whole... <laughs> some mm-hmm. some monicum of objectivity. Okay. Okay. Should we bring in a Should we bring in a independent judge for yeah, these have, episodes? We have yet to bring in a guest for any of these. That's true. Maybe yeah. we, I think we're we're at a. I can I think we needed to figure out what we were what, yes, what we we're doing. Do. Yeah. <laughs> At all to be clear, to think I'm not about suggesting <laughs> that we add another voice to this fucking podcast. No. But, hey, just uh, real quick, since we used to be a John Carpenter podcast, I watched that new Firestarter mm. that John Carpenter did the score to. Oh, I heard it wasn't oh. great. It's not. Okay. But, uh, but the score really tied the room together. <laughs> like the only times that I was like, all right, was when it would be like, <laughs> suddenly it'd be like, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> why, I, you know, Carpenters still kick it ass, why even in shitty movies. Yeah, I, why, I love to score for they, Halloween Kills. Why do they yeah. make shitty movies? Like, wh- why is that? that Again, I, it's just another. They're remaking all the Stephen King stuff because the, it's but cash. the first one wasn't cash. Super no, well done. Not so even that great. If you're going to remake it, make it good. They wanted like, to remake do that. The only reason to remake that is the casting of George C. Scott. As the Native American character, in oh, the first so like one to fix, sure. so they fix that. But other than that, it's yeah, it's not necessary. Well, well, but I well, I think the reason I mean remaking <laughs> stuff is, is one thing, <laughs> but I think watching these Coen Brothers movies has made me re- reflect on how difficult it must be to like see an idea through to the mm. end. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I understand why movies like get, there's so many opportunities for shit to go sideways mm-hmm. and just kind of interrupt the whole thing and make it not good. And but, something like with Firestarter, you can kind of see where like, I mean, the original is not great. The, I, mean, I, I don't even I've think never the, read the book is great, yeah, I but yeah, it's I know not, it's not it's considered like one of his best. No, it's just another throwaway story. And, and it was I could made see in that. The, the like the, Sliver of a fun, I like cool sure. idea in there where you mm-hmm. can be where you're kind of like you know if I got my hands on Firestarter, I think I could really do something cool with it. Right. 
Yeah. Or maybe like the I, the creator saw it as a kid and were like, this kind of sucks, but I, there's something about it right. that I like. I, I you know gotta I mean? believe yeah. that it started with a, a legit like, I'm gonna make this better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still find it so challenging also, to see how you can get to the point of actually starting production and have watered it down to the point where it's just not worth doing anymore and right. it's still moving forward right like somewhere the bean counters like this is going to still be profitable as long as we you know hit this yeah instead I'll of like you, trying to raise it up you're thing lowering about, it down and like mm-hmm. like movies <clears throat> that I'm having trouble with a lot of movies nowadays being an old band and all <clears throat> is that <laughs> since like there's like great cinematographers and yeah. you know and filmmakers that are like really careful with how they use digital photography <laughs> and like to make it look like a fucking movie because yeah. it doesn't and then a lot of them don't know how to do that or whatever so it comes off like it looks like a TV movie almost well, it looks really flat and kind of that's what you I know? Was and just, that fire starter looks that's like what that I was just me. thinking is why there's got to be somewhere someone's got the ability to look at it and go, this is going to do better as just a digital release on some platform. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it came out on Peacock the same day as theaters. It did. Okay. Because yeah. exactly that. That's like, why I saw it. I didn't rush out to the theater. Right. Uh, <laughs> I I think you know what I'm saying. Like, it yeah. just seems go, making something hit the theaters feels like you should be putting more, investing yeah. more energy, time, money quality I mean I'm fine with getting the quality I'm fine with cheapo movies and uh, but I'd, if they're gonna be cheapo oh. I'd like them to be like independent movies yeah <laughs> like fucking that's what I mean the big studios putting it out I'd like it to look like a movie yeah yeah but you know well, and, that's what they look like nowadays some mm-hmm. of them but so, even but I'm whatever. guessing that it wasn't just the way it looked that made it not good no yeah. but that didn't help yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it's kind of like a confluence of Why things. Why are we talking about Firestarter? Oh, John Carpenter. Anyway, <laughs> back to uh, really tied the room together. Sure. Okay, so this category really tied the room brief together, mention which of John is Carpenter. most <laughs> most essential to the the works of the co- the of the con. <clears throat> okay. So we got Fargo, Inside Lewin Davis, and Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona, and uh, I guess essential is the part that I'm I'm struggling with that because. Okay, when I'm thinking of just the use of it really tied the room together, it's... <clears throat> Most emblematic, maybe? Yeah, Something well, like it, it, it underscores all the action that takes place in that movie, right? Like, there's no real need to get that rug back other than he just, you know, really tied the room together. Right. So it's this kind of silly... So I'm trying to come up with a way to reflect that into their their filmography, their careers... I'll go first. Yeah. I'll go first. Go ahead. And see how I'm thinking about this. Okay, go ahead. Since I'm arguing for Fargo. Fargo? Mm-hmm. That's the accent, right? Did you right? do Fargo? I have Fargo. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. how they talk in the movie? Yeah. Which you betcha of Fargo. <laughs> Fargo seems like, like that, the right? most obvious winner. Right? Of this of category. This category it does. But I feel like I ha- there's an argument to be I'm sure there had. is. Okay, so I think Fargo is essential in their filmography because it has a lot of Coney elements. It's definitely identifiable as a Coen Brothers movie, but it was the first one to yeah, yeah. Uh, make them punch really through the mainstream. Yeah, uh, got an Oscar nomination. It turned them into something else, which is why I think Big Lebowski did so poorly. Mm-hmm. Was because 
once right. people get one movie from someone and like suddenly everybody's seen just that one, they expect it again, and then they get the big Lebowski and they're like, what the fuck is this? Right. These aren't those nice people that don't say curse words. They're all <laughs> Steve Buscemi in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, but I feel like it was probably the engine that propelled their careers forward. Like mm-hmm. once that happened, there was really... You know they they were just off to the races. As long as they had a you know um, moderate success from then on, they were going to be able to make make yeah. stuff. You know that's how it felt to me. Yeah. Okay. So I think if you take Fargo out, I don't know what happens to him. Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. I get I get I get where you're going with that. To, for as far as raising Arizona goes, I feel like raising Arizona is the the template for which like the rest of their career is kind of based on like even more so than blood simple i Mm. think because blood simple if you go back and watch it like it's a good movie it's a cool movie and it's a like it's got fun elements to it but going forward most of their movies i would say follow more along the lines of the raising arizona template where it's just a lot more quirky like okay. all the characters mm-hmm. in all their movies going forward have a lot more just quirkiness to them. Yeah. And okay. the worlds are all f- filled out a lot more. I mean, obviously that's like mm-hmm. budgetary stuff like sure. that. Like Blood but, Simple is so small because they had no money to do it. But so many of their movies, go, even Fargo, I mm-hmm. think, yeah. is yeah, uh, would, yeah. f- like borrowing a lot from uh, Raising Arizona. In, yeah. this, in the sense that they, they're like- the, the people are- they feel real and peculiar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some of that in Blood Simple as well, but I, I get what you're For saying. Sure. I think that Blood Simple and Raising Arizona together <laughs> form the template because okay, sure. they go from like yeah, bonkers comedy to neo-noir yeah. kind of darkness all the time. And I it's know. like Blood Simple's ingredients can be seen throughout as well. For sure. But I think you're right. I think yeah. that's definitely like... They I were kind of like almost separating them at first, and then they were like, well, hey, think, "Fuck it, but, well, <laughs> this is who I we think, are." I think raising Arizona <laughs> has more trademark Coheny elements to it mm-hmm. than Blood Simple does. Like Blood Simple, you can see the kind of yeah, yeah. seeds mm-hmm. to it, but I don't know that like if you were to watch a bunch of Cohen like really distinct <laughs> Cohen Brothers movies, and then go back and watch Blood Simple, unless you were really looking for it. You, I don't think you would be like, oh, this is clearly a Coen Brothers movie. I think it's pretty, it's pretty Coheny if you go back and look at it. It's got a lot of, it's just, um, it's not as, I mean, it's definitely not as in your face with those kinds of things that, that's as what Raising I mean. Arizona. I just don't, but think, it's definitely there, I, especially visually. And it's, I, I agree. I don't think it's, it's one as of those distinct. Really, th- it's not as distinct. Though. It's not like I don't think the, the. The the, cone, the yeah. things that tie the room together as <laughs> are as distinct I in that movie so see, as they are going forward. I hear forward. what you're saying, yeah. and it, it, I do get what you're saying with the raising Arizona really because it it is so over the top, but still like contained. It feels like contained chaos in a very successful way yeah. that they do demonstrate throughout the rest of their careers for sure. Mm-hmm. I think is the way I'm hearing what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Because it's so goofy, and that's part of what we were talking about with Raising Arizona is it's so much more goofy than basically anything else they've done for the uh, consistently goofy for Mm -hmm. sure. Which Um, is why I would almost like say like some of those elements in Raising Arizona, 
I yeah. can see a lot of everywhere. Barry Sonnenfeld in there, and I can see they use methods like like the Evil Dead cam shot. Yeah, like so it's like almost like um, I'm seeing all these things of that time kind of together that I don't necessarily always identify as Coheny. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But uh, that being said, I, sure. And the brightness oh, of where it, are you without it? raising Arizona? Yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, and that's to, that's such a yeah, and to, essential to Lewin part. Davis inside Lewin Davis. I, I, I feel, especially based on what we've been saying, it's almost like the fine tuning of all of that yeah. stuff, yeah, comes together in that film because it is it has goofy stuff, but it's so subtle mm-hmm. and it's it's got. I don't know. The characters are weird, but they feel normal and grounded, but also like, what the fuck? It it feels like it's taken that broadness and like really fine tuned it down. It's like, I don't know. It's like artists later mm -hmm. in their career having uh, fine, I keep saying fine tuned. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like, you can think of it almost like, uh, like John Steinbeck Mm -hmm. where he's got a lot of stuff, but it like, and you can go back and read everything, but really, like, if you're just going to, like, ne- watch or read one, you can just read, like, East of Eden mm-hmm. or Grapes of Wrath. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, and you pretty much got it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you could almost look at Inside Lewin Davis. Yeah. It, in in the context of, like, this category of yeah. being, like, well, if you really want to just, like, prime example of, like, what they're capable yeah. of. Yeah, what they're capable of. This is what, this is what yeah. you can. But it doesn't, it, it Yeah. You don't get there without the others. You don't but get there without the if others. If you don't get there, then and that's partly right. why I'm, I'm. That's kind of what I was referring yeah. to. Is like, yeah, and I think that's part of why I'm trying to like tie it to the idea of the rug because the rug isn't critical, but it is. You know, yeah. It's it's interesting <laughs> I've, I've because moved past that. I, <laughs> think, I know I'm saying it because I don't feel that Inside Lewin Davis is the the strongest candidate for this category. I don't know that it's the strongest for this category, but I'm with you. Like that has, I think that movie, uh, as opposed to the other two, comes at their peak. Like I think from No Country through Lewin Davis. Yeah. I mean, even through I think their last two. I mean, even not counting Macbeth, but I think they're all just fucking great and like masterpieces. And I'm like, these are guys that have like yeah, they hit their stride. They're they're the way they make movies, their language is now their language and it's, you know, it doesn't yeah. feel, um, yeah. I don't know. It feels like, and, and those things tend to like when, an, when like an artist like that starts making the things that I feel are like their best things, they're just generally not yes. as accessible. They're not as, so there's going to be <sighs> a bunch of the audience that would totally love raising Arizona or would totally love Fargo that see inside Lewin Davis and is like, what? Yes. What's that? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I think Lewin Davis is like part of that, like agreed upper tier of their stuff, I, like the master class stuff. I, I completely agree. But I don't know the, if the only thing that I feel it's missing is the darkness. There isn't n- as much darkness. I mean, it has a little bit of elements of it with the mysterious guy beating them up and what yeah. all that actually means. But even there, it's still just kind of a goofy thing. That's the only thing that it's missing in terms of being a, a full spectrum. Yeah. Cohen movie, right? It doesn't have the the darkness, the flash of yeah. graphic violence. Yeah, yeah. Usually yeah that's comes. why No Country is the, <laughs> yeah. the quintessential. It's got funny, it's got goofy characters and violence. With yeah. my friend Jeff yesterday, because we were talking nihilism. about all these movies, all the Cohen brothers movies. Because I was, we were talking about this, and uh, we were talking about 
uh, ranking them for him. Like we're mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going through and all this, and we're like True Grit, and he's like, I really like True Grit, and I was like, yeah, we were having the same thing uh, with it, and he's like, he's like, it's just because it's not really theirs, and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, it's just because there's another movie. They didn't base it on the movie, but, but we hold that against it for some reason because we don't do that with No Country. Yeah. Like, that's a novel. Yeah. Well, we didn't, we don't dismiss it. Like, eh, it's And also, really. like, so every Stanley Kubrick movie is based on a book. Yeah, all of them. I mean, almost, yeah. almost all of them, right? It's, it's, it's only if, like, like, there had been a Barry Lyndon in 1955 or something. Right. Like, you would be like, that one's not really his. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it feels like that. Yeah. <laughs> But I was like, anyway, yeah. for this category, anyway. I think I, I'm stepping down. Like, I don't think yeah. Inside Lewin Davis okay. is, isn't in the run for this. <sighs> I feel there's like a strong case to be made for both of I these. I was just but thinking I think that. This category, I think, might be the only it's, one that fits Fargo. I was going to say because it ties the room together. I Fargo, Fargo ties the room together. Raising Arizona, without that, who knows what the fuck would have happened to them? Yeah. So, but that feels more like. I don't know, like the germ, but tying the room together, like bringing the what they become today, yeah, playing off of what they had preceding them, like it really falls right in there, which is because it's in the middle, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think this out first when I proposed it. But nice what's, work. <laughs> what's funny though is that <laughs> it won't be pointless today, guys. Oh yeah, the, the, the career. <laughs> as you, when you said you were joking about like the middle, but. It really is funny how their trajectory is really like the middle is the most accessible, like the most yeah. like yeah. kind of like universal of, sort of it all. It, it's so kind I mean, of because Lebowski is also not, not at the time. Most not, people did not and, at the and time. Even oh brother, I don't remember people really no one, liking oh brother. They no, like but the they soundtrack. fucking love them now. Like both of yeah. those are beloved. Yeah. Now. yeah, I mean Fargo was like at the time people loved it. People have loved it mm-hmm. through the years. Well, because of the, the weird accent and the goofiness and then the violence. We were all excited about funny violence because of Pulp Fiction. But right. that's They created it. Pulp Fiction created it. But also funny those violence. characters and that language and those accents and all that. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah, the yeah. Minnesota nice of it all was like appealing to people that don't go for the Tarantino violence. Yeah. So and, they, were, <laughs> they were going and liking it also. And like the epic scope of it, even though it's <coughs> mm-hmm. such so a it's small, small story. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Pointless, yeah, right. basically. You know? <laughs> yeah. All their but, stories are pointless, right? Or but, all the things that happen in all their stuff is just yeah. pointless. But the scope of Fargo, even <laughs> like from the that. beginning, is so, like I guess, just like a giant like snowstorm yeah. yeah, and yeah. like this large sweeping score as like <laughs> the car yeah. drives up and you're just like, oh shit, what's this gonna be? <laughs> it's and just then, a car, <laughs> well, car and, driving, just a car, and like the whole story is just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, uh, the pointlessness of life. Yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm comfortable giving this into Fargo. Me too. All right, yeah. Fargo. Fargo. I, I it actually, is. Um, as we're talking, I'm like, I feel like Fargo's gonna walk away with that. I saw someone point out <laughs> something I hadn't thought about is that uh, Raising Arizona and No Country for Old Men both end with descriptions of dreams. Ooh. Like, is there a third one? That'd be a good unit. Ooh. <laughs> unit. Done raise, <laughs> raising Arizona. Absolute unit, unit. Dude. <laughs> What? You've never heard that expression before? No. Oh. Like somebody somebody who's built like a brick shed house. You could oh, a unit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I meant it more like in an academic sense. Sure. Like, you know, oh. Go through this unit. <laughs> I know. <of> <laughs> Anytime someone says unit, I have to be like, uh, right. just brings to my mind, fucking a unit, dude. <laughs> 
Ouvre. Do you see that okay. dude? He's a fucking unit. <laughs> it's I saw a fucking unit on the drive over, man. <laughs> Don't say unit. Go Don't on say jog unit. with his shirt off. <laughs> it's, you. it's either Uber or unit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Control yourself, Brett. Most influential. <laughs> so, th- okay. I mean, this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, ah. right? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not inside Lewin Davis. No. Right? Fuck you. <laughs> No, of course not. No, because um, I mean, again, you can kind of hope it will be at one point. No, someday in the future. I think, I think we all three agree that. Well, I'm assuming we all kind of love Inside Lewin Davis as like this movie's just spectacular. It's on mm-hmm. a, it's on a pedestal, but it's not the most influential. Most people don't know it, yeah. right? But um, I mean, we what s- do we need by in- influential? Influential, yeah. Because mm. I mean, I I'm not gonna make arguments for you guys, but. <laughs> I would say Fargo spawned one of the greatest TV series ever made. Mm. And <laughs> valid point. I fucking like it made me enjoy the movie more, but that show I, I didn't think so when I started watching the show that I would ever like it more than the movie, but I love that show more because it's make it taken that whole vibe and moved which is taking us into a different category, I guess. But, mm-hmm. but the, the show's awesome. The, the show's, show's awesome. awesome mm-hmm. And it it's Spurred the creativity of that person. I forgot who created that show. Uh, but oh, yeah. what the fuck is I mean, it, fucking it name? inspired a whole Noah Hawley. Noah Hawley, like that person, like vibed with what was going on there in a way that just that wouldn't have happened. He he, he they wouldn't have found yeah. that necessarily that that tone and that voice to create such a world that's amazing. That's that's an interesting point. Right? Plus, they tapped into the uh, early, you know, in the mid '90s, tapped into uh, the true crime obsession that we that, didn't really understand the magnitude of. Well, <laughs> I mean, recently. at the time, well, because I the, read a lot of true crime as a kid, but I was like, well, but Nightline and I thought, shit, you know, we were, we were yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was that was around, but for we were made it. to feel weird. You know, and For now it's like it? that's all anybody watches. I right. still, you know? I never liked it. I still don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm not into I'm, it. I'm I mean, I, I like that that under the banner of heaven, mm-hmm. but I, it's not my go-to. I, you, I'm I'm dragged in every time. God, sure. I, don't know. I don't like true crime stuff. <laughs> it it weeds it weirds me out. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 with you there, to an to, but there are some that I will I, watch. I, me too. I guess yeah. what I mean is it's not my like some people just fucking love it. Like it's yeah. their number one podcast thing. That's all they want to listen to is fucking true crime podcast. They want to read. True crime stories. I want to watch true crime. Yeah. Plus, what's the influence of them saying this is based on a true story and it's not? Right. Like, that's true. You know, other people are like, oh, anything, the Fargo show. We can (laughs) do whatever, you know? Oh, well. Like, it kind of gives you. Yeah, but they didn't create that. (laughs) Yeah, but it was pretty. It was a pretty sparse concept. Like, it wasn't in mainstream movies. mm, But all entertainment was based on that. Yeah, but no one one acknowledged it. Carnival Barkers. Even, I remember back then, even if. You know, it says based on a true story, even if it bears very little relationship to reality, like people were like, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Right. And I'm like, you realize what they're doing? I still don't think. It's not true. I'm not giving it that. I'm like, because that was around before that. They just. All right. I'm reaching with that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. I mean, all they did was just make it like. But no one believed that. People believed Fargo. People fucking believed that. People believed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because it is based on some. Thing that happened. Just a not few like years that. later, uh, Blair Witch happened, yeah. which people believed that too. 
Yeah. Right, that was after that. Yeah. So. Stupid idiots. <laughs> Stupid idiots, all of you. That was so fun, though. Yeah. Man, that was a good time. I remember um, having a few minutes of like, oh. When the website popped up, and I was not like tech savvy, but yeah. I was like, what's this? And I was yeah. I was working somewhere that had the internet. So yeah. I was like, oh, looking it up, and I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Yeah, me too. Came up with so much shit for that. I remember seeing oh. Heather, the lead girl on mm-hmm. like fucking Jay Leno or something like that yeah. around the time that movie yeah. came out, and I was like, Oh, so it's. I hadn't even seen the movie. Yeah. But I like everybody. Like it, it yeah, was talking. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was hearing about it. Yeah. And everybody's like, it's actually true. Yeah. And <laughs> right. then I saw her on yeah. Jay Leno, and I was like, Wait, what? Yeah. yeah that I kind thought, of stuff. I too. thought it was true. But they yeah. kept him out of that for a while. Yeah. It wasn't it until, was until people it was were released. like, yeah. this is really, and they but were even, like, sent him out because they were avoiding a <laughs> cannibal holocaust problem with uh, uh cannibal holocaust. No? Mm, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh. Cannibal Holocaust, the uh, early eighties. What do you expect? You Ruggiero think Diodato I was just gonna movie. like jump out of my and everybody seat? Said no, I was like, D- Dylan oh, looked gosh, at me. You're right. No, I don't know anything Dylan about this. Confused. I don't know what the uh, what the anyway. It's is. about a documentary crew that goes missing in this uh, uh, like this jungle where cannibals got them. But then it shows that the the it's camera a, crew. It's racist. The camera crew. <laughs> it is. The camera crew was actually uh, like. Uh, making them do stuff on camera and being really exploitative and stuff oh. and they end up getting ripped apart whatever but people believe that right that was real like that that footage was real and like the authorities like he told everybody not to do any press for a year okay but then they had to produce them in court to show that they weren't, they weren't dead because <laughs> they were like he made a snuff film ah yeah um <clears throat> so i feel like for i feel like raising arizona is influential in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a way that's a lot more sneaky. Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies where it's not necessarily spoken about as being influential, but you can kind of like, it, the same way that like Fargo would be. Yeah. Where I think a lot of people were watching, uh, raise, saw Raising Arizona when it came out, and it was a lot of like the, hip filmmakers, young aspiring mm-hmm. filmmakers that saw Raising Arizona and thought it was cool <clears throat> and then kind of started to like pick up where that left off. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I have no I have no examples right. to cite. I, I'm sure, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sure you're you're correct. I'm sure any aspiring filmmaker, especially people in their generation and comedy filmmakers. Yeah. Comedy yeah particularly were definitely inspired by it or at least, you know, felt empowered by it because it's such a left turn from their first film. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, as I and was- And Nicolas Cage. I mean, come on. like Yeah, but you can't, they, they don't get credit for Nicolas Cage, right? Like I know. But uh, right. uh, influential, what do we mean by influential? Influential on films in general or influential on them as aspiring filmmakers and it's a good question. careers because it's a good interesting I think, distinction to, to I, I think it's a mm-hmm. strong impact on what they were able to do moving forward for sure mm-hmm. sure because i don't i don't think it was successful necessarily i mean it covered it itself right but it yeah. it wasn't like a breakout success no. right <laughs> but at the same time it did uh i mean they were able to make another movie like a year later yeah. so it wasn't like Negative, and they were able to also then do a third, right? Because their next one was Miller's Crossing, right? Miller's so, Crossing, which is then Barton Fink, right? Yeah. So they're—I don't know. I, I want to make the argument that it 
influenced the way they were able to move forward in their own careers. I don't know that that's necessarily true because it's not like then they turned around and started, they started doing different things every time or mm-hmm. continued doing different things. Mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. man. It feels but like, I feel like, <clears throat> I, think, I, think I think it should go to Fargo. I think so too. That's what I was about okay. to say is it feels to me like the most influential yeah. Fargo still hits that. I don't know how everyone thinks of Fargo when they think of the Coen brothers still to this day. Mm-hmm. True. That's true. Um, yeah. I think raising Arizona, like I can look at like, comedies in the early 90s and be like maybe they were looking to that to like that and like things like Spike Lee's school days kind of have similar kind of almost cartoony looks to them and the colors and everything colors especially I'm not saying that those movies that followed were good but Edgar Wright has said Raising Arizona is his favorite movie of all time that makes sense that makes sense yeah. yeah Yeah, that yeah, makes a lot of sense because I can see him just Spike that Lee s- also put Raising Arizona on his essential films list. Yeah, all right. Um, so Spike I mean, there's and Edgar, Edgar Spike. <laughs> well, if Edgar and Spike say so. <laughs> well, I just like yeah, Edgar Wright right now is like yeah, the kind of he's one of the most like distinct he is comedic oh. filmmakers at least. Well, and Spike's got a pretty distinct voice as well. Oh yeah. So it's interesting that both of them would say It makes sense, actually. It does if you make look sense. at the I way agree. their films are, especially yeah. the colors of the Spike, Spike Lee. The Spike Lee thing really makes sense to me. Although, wait, when, what year did Raising Arizona come out? 86? 87. 87. Okay, so yeah, that heavily, imp- I mean, Do the Right Thing I feel like is School so Days right. is right around there, too. I can't remember. Or did yeah, that come out post Do the Right Thing? I can't remember. No, that was That's before Do the Right Thing. Um, would have been probably the same year. Probably, right? yeah. Uh, oh boy! Now he just really threw a fucking monkey wrench in there. I mean, I still think it's should go to Fargo. I mean, just yeah. looking at it from yeah. from all kind of angles yeah, and all no, perspectives, I think all roads lead back to Fargo yeah. in this case. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Fargo. Yeah. Gavel. Yeah. 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 I just thought that there. W- I wanted to give Raising Arizona its its due time. For, yeah. Because I do it, think it is an influential movie. And you're not wrong. Yeah. yeah it, it it it's people who like artists who see what they're you know who see right. Yeah. Right. It, and it also like paved. I mean, it made audiences used to a certain kind of. Uh, over-exaggerated visual style that, again, partly contribute to Barry Sonnenfeld, which made his career possible okay. with uh, the Adams Family movies and the Men in Black movies, and like those share a similar kind of yeah, his visual style to them, which I don't think had really I'm trying to been think. successful. <laughs> okay, I was going to say before. it was around before, but you're right. It was around, but I don't know that it really was done that well obviously yeah i you're right i can't think of anything i mean those movies aren't as good as raising arizona either no <laughs> well like, like that movie House. i don't know if it's ever been done that well yeah. again but mm. anyway when did fargo evil, it is evil dead evil dead 2 is same year actually 87 okay. right okay. evil dead 2 uh, right? I, it sounds right to me i anyway, don't i'm i'm, I'm, I don't, I'm on board i don't know <laughs> it's also funny because yeah, the Coens and Sam Raimi are so like yeah. intertwined. Yeah, in the early days. So that's yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah. Um, all right, Fargo. So next is most unexpected. I will. For me, I will say in regards to this viewing, I raising Arizona was probably the most unexpected for me. It had been the longest since I had mm. seen it. 
and I mentioned on the podcast that this was my first time watching it since becoming a dad. A, a dad, dad. Mm. Uh, and so it hit me. It hit me quite differently than I had in the past. And I th- I okay. feel like the sweetness and tenderness uh, came through a lot more for me. <clears throat> the the plight of the the family at the center of it, yeah. with High and uh, and Ed. Yeah, <laughs> and their struggles to conceive and wanting to start a family and wanting to mm-hmm. turn a new leaf and leave their old life behind and well, get and a fresh a, start. As a dad, the responsibilities of trying to do the right thing for your family. Yeah, but <clears throat> knowing that you're just a dipshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just trying so hard to not be a dipshit. Yeah, trying to, trying to uh, yeah, overcome your your character flaws. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I can see it written all over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wear it on my sleeve. Oh, I think I think Fargo's the most unexpected because <laughs> <laughs> you, if you, you tell. if you knew the Coen brothers, you weren't expecting them to have a giant hit where people all loved it. And then sure. for it to be, uh, you know, like you were like, oh, it's a true story. And then it wasn't a true story. That was unexpected. Sure. Uh, There's all sorts of unexpected things. As far as this time goes, I I found none of them unexpected. <laughs> I expected everything. Uh, honestly, for me with Fargo, the most unexpected thing was that I was not as blown away as I expected to be, to be frank. Mm, the first because, time you watched it? Or no, no, this, no, no, time? No, this time? This time. This time. No, 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 no. I, cause that's why. Because my memories of it yeah. were like, that movie is so fucking dense and amazing and now and you're it, expecting some guy to end I'm up in the wood chipper it. well and <laughs> yeah. and and again i've been so obsessed with that show i mean i've watched that yeah. series twice in the time since i've seen fargo the movie yeah except for the fourth season but so i was just like going in like oh it's so deep and like all that stuff was true it just it felt smaller mm. in scale and less the story is certain the Fargo certainly the most unexpected. <laughs> mm. I would th- I would the say the story. Yeah, oh, how, just because like, it's so small. Well, and how it resolves itself by they're kind of all just all dead. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, as in terms of unexpected overall for me, on I, I know I, you guys both said on this viewing, I inside Lewin Davis. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did the first time mm-hmm. I saw it. Mm-hmm. And then you. to continue, which is kind of because all of the Coen brothers are like, the more I watch it, the better it gets. Right. Like, of course, they all do that. I feel like it's got an, it feels almost spiritual in, mm-hmm. in its mm-hmm. nature. And to me, that's unexpected because it's not what I expected going in, right? Like mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, it, it's a, a small story. But it's got that cyclical nature to it. Uh, I don't. It, it feels like a almost like a Greek myth or some kind of higher story than what we're actually viewing is right. going on. Mm-hmm. And it's ultimately about like the human condition, right? Yeah. So much of that movie is wrapped. Maybe that's up in more that. what it is. Is it feels more of a general f- vibe of what it means to be a human. Mm-hmm. Fargo's a, specifically mm-hmm. an artist, but like right. yes. kind of even if you're not an artist, you can find you can see yourself in the in what stepping on your dick aspect of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And both Fargo and Raising Arizona are specific little stories. This one. It's not a story, right? Like it's unclear what has even happened in this movie. All three of these movies have kidnappings. Well, one of them is a catnapping. Catnapping, but still, 
<laughs> and to be fair, he doesn't take the cat. The cat runs away, yeah, and he that's just well, gets but he stuck takes someone's cat. He does take someone's cat. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> cat nappings. I'll <laughs> um, call it one and a half. <laughs> Pleasure doing business with you. How many kidnappings are in their movies? So, but what do we mean by but what do we mean by most uh, unexpected? I don't know. Because I yeah. mean, I'm kind of with you in so far as. By the time, for at least for me, by the time I watched Fargo, I knew that it was considered like one of the best movies. Oh, so you weren't like, and so I wasn't like blown away by that aspect of it. I mean, mm. I was, I was hap- I was happy with how much I liked it. I was like, oh yeah, this movie rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to have watched that. It, with Inside Lewin Davis, I think watching it, um, and really, the, especially the second time really being blown away I, I think that yeah. movie has the most distance between first and second watching for mm. me and okay. in my like appreciation actual... of the movie oh okay so it, like okay. my appreciation grew the most between yeah. first and second out of any of their movies like yeah. uh, like you said me too. all of them is me like too. oh yeah the more you watch it the better it is mm-hmm. the, between the first time of watching inside Lewin Davis and the second time of watching it I, the second time after I wa- watched it, I was like, I'm blown away by how much I fucking love this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and how nuanced it is. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, because I watched it a second or third time earlier this year and then for this podcast. So I, it was within six months I was rewatching it. Within three months I was rewatching mm-hmm. it. And I was laughing like hysterically. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it didn't feel stale, although. Neither did Raising Arizona, and I had the exact same scenario with that. Thirty years old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will say, like even seeing all of them the first time, I think Lewin Davis. When I heard about it, of course, I'm like, oh, Coen Brothers, I'll go see it. Right. Obviously, but there was something about I was like uh, Greenwich Village folk scene. I don't right. know how interested yeah. I am in this, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. So I was kind of like, ah, but it's Cohen's. I'm gonna like it. Right. I'm sure. And I went, and I really liked it. And then I really liked it more and more the more I watched it. But and Fargo, I liked immediately. I remember seeing Raising Arizona on VHS <laughs> and <laughs> being caught completely unawares by how fucking funny it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I knew it was a comedy. But I didn't expect to be laughing that much no, right? all yeah, the time. And, and, and it you, just takes off so fast. And you probably expected it to be like shitty, shitty. 80s goofball comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it looks a, goofy for me as fuck when yeah. you just see like, yeah. well, oh, and the marketing oh was and that's the one with the baby with the sunglasses on the poster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. This is really appealing to, to my Spuds McKenzie time I'm having in my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> As an eight-year-old kid. The Spuds McKenzie time. Do yeah, you remember I, the Spuds McKenzie times? Oh, yes. I don't think watch, I don't think I expected to think it was Raising Arizona was as funny as it was yeah. either. Yeah. Not it's like still kind of unexpected. It mm-hmm. is. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I should say I was laughing so fucking hard rewatching it this time, too. So yeah. yeah. I'm... I'm comfortable with raising Arizona getting this one, huh? personally. All right, raising Arizona. Yeah, yeah. I'm comfortable with Lewin Davis not getting any of these, <gasps> to be honest with you, because it's so underrated. It is. So let's keep, <laughs> keep underrated. Keep it. Keep it undervalued. I don't even want the four people who listen to this podcast to go out and check it out. All right. <laughs> category. Our next category is best in show. Uh, for me personally, I actually would probably give this to Inside yeah. Lewin Davis. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I was. I was just thinking like this is. It is the culmination of all of their abilities in a way that the other two movies aren't. They just aren't. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. 
I think. I mean, it's hard for me to even uh, do that, but because all of them are so perfect. Yeah, but I feel but like I feel this... like I, with what I said earlier, I've already said Lewin Davis is my pick for this. Yeah, they tapped. Because like, that yeah. comes from the era something. where I think they're doing perfect work. Well, so. and it tapped in. They they tapped into something. I don't know. It feels like they've tapped into something deeper with that film. Mm-hmm. And they just hit all the the hit all the marks just perfectly in such a way that it it, it really it, for me it defies explanation. Yeah. Like I, I can't even yeah. articulate it. It's just it's almost a metric for like somebody who's going to be on my wavelength or not. Right? right. Like if you can watch that movie and appreciate it, we're gonna like vibe in a way that if you don't, we're vibing. Vibing, bro. It's also like you look at like the confidence of with yeah. which they make movies, like from the beginning, yeah, and like the oh yeah the the singular vision of them, and like raising Arizona right out of the gate is so amazing, and then you add in, you know, thirty years of maturity to that, yeah, and like that them refining that, that, and like well, it's and it, so like just nuanced and layered and perfect, and like yeah, it's the best one. <laughs> and I don't. What is the term for that? Like that circular, circular notion, uh, aspect cyclical? of it. cyclical. Thank cyclical. you. A- aspect of it. Like, is there a term for that in storytelling or Probably. something? Like, because that it also feels like the only any of their stories that does that, mm-hmm. where it it ends at the beginning, and it kind of. Well, it, it feels <laughs> yeah. the way they present it. It's it's still just a linear progression of yeah. time, but the way they've presented it truly embodies that just going around the mm-hmm. Sisyphean nature of Lewin life. Davis, but life yeah, itself, for especially sure. if you're just not willing to get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. And that was my impression of it. The first time was like, Oh, it's this weird, unexpected mystical movie. Yeah. But watching it again, I'm like the second time with that in mind, I was like, Oh, it's not. I just, you're just left with that impression. And it feels like the things that would be ham fisted in any other movie they do with such delicacy, like watching like, Oh, the future's fucking passing you by right now. There's Bob Dylan in the background. (laughs) The future's fucking leaving you in the dust. Yeah. You have no idea. This says it's just called a circular plot structure. Okay. Okay. That's what we'll call it. That's a really catchy (laughs) name. Circular plot structure. (laughs) Any questions? <laughs> uh, this is a circular plot structure. Here, uh, here, it's the only one. Inside Lloyd Davis is a perfect example <laughs> of circular <laughs> plot structure. All right, Lewin Davis gets it. Right? Right. Whose vagina is the driest right, right now? <laughs> <laughs> All hands up. <laughs> Got a wet seat um, in the house. That's what people say. Cry macho. <laughs> Two people points. say when I speak in public. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, so as of right now, it is technically anybody's game. Yeah, right. It almost got always two, is. Right? Fargo's got two. Fargo's two. got two. And Raising Arizona has one. one. Davis has inside. Lewin Davis has. <sighs> what's the What's the end for? Cry macho. <laughs> is. Cry, cry macho. Special, special. Special something. That what have you. That circular plot structure. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. What what does does that mean here? Um, And why (laughs) does? What does it and why does it? I feel like Um. Vincent Lewin Davis is all cry macho. I 
<laughs> like start to finish cry macho. Yeah, like I, I found myself contemplating like what did that mean? And what did Although, that mean? And what did that mean? Raising Arizona. I know. See, to right? me, Raising Arizona is a movie full of cry, cry macho. It, it really is. It, it's more in your face, yeah. right? Like Lewin Davis is uh, uh, <laughs> from Raising Arizona. It's yeah, a, like, it's a on the way home after or whatever you call <laughs> it. I know on the way homer <laughs> or a homer a or home after <laughs> a way homer. A way, way homer. homer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Lewin Davis is a way homer, but the expression yeah. hey, it comes from that other movie that we're talking about. <laughs> I think the cry macho raising Arizona might be for me like in that opening part. Yeah, with the, we've talked about it several times, but uh, he ate sand. I believe was the moment <laughs> when I was like, "This is genius." Yeah, this is and the that best thing I've ever seen. Stuck with me and my friends. Yeah, for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Just, you ate that, sand. That's a great. That, yeah. I'm not just saying this because that's my movie, no. but that is a, a good example yeah. of yeah. like a cry, uh, like a kind of quintessential type of cry macho moment yeah. where it kind of just shifts everything. Uh-huh. Right? Well, and, and Fargo, what do you got for that from Fargo? You got the legs sticking out of the, uh, the, wood, the, chipper. the wood chipper. Right. Basically it. I, I, for me, I mean, am I wrong? I mean, in the, in the funny voices, but the funny voice or the funny I mean, dialect. I, d- I do really, the if I was to say like a cry macho moment for me in that movie is and I've mentioned in previous episodes that I love the way the Coens do like their repetitious dialogue. Uh-huh. It's always so funny to me. But in Fargo, when uh, Jerry is trying to get the loan yeah. from from the father-in-law and mm-hmm. the business partner, and the business partner is like, it's just like, oh. we're not a bank, Jerry. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that whole interaction is pretty fantastic yeah. to me. Yeah. Well, and then the, such a super lady. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that scene. I, I think I think they're they're th- <laughs> definitely there in Fargo, but for for me, ra- raising Arizona yeah. would per I w- would yeah, say the, honestly has like a has lot of most. crime mo- macho yeah. like yellers and shit on. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're it sounds like we're just kind of boiling the crime macho of this down to like memorable shit that you can share as a meme, you know, even auditory meme with friends. I think it's just that thing that kind of like sticks with you. Yeah. 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 Right? Well, that's what I mean by that. Yeah. yeah. That with, you don't have to like I think like Lewin Davis, it. if I had to pick one, would be that, that Bob Dylan moment when he's walking yeah. by, Dylan's performing in the background and he's going out to get the shit kicked out of him in the alley again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of well, all to me, to, me me it's, right there. to me, it's when they're playing music and Adam Driver's all, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> Who wrote this? That's a good one, too. Well, and on a more serious note, though, like, I think a really spectacularly special moment in Inside Lewin Davis is when he is playing. Dink's song mm-hmm. fairly well at the uh, opening or at the end. At the end, yeah. Like the opening, the, he's doing "Hang Me." Hang me. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. And at yeah, the end, yeah. he's doing fairly well, and yeah. that is like <clears throat> a pretty profound, yeah, moment. I yeah. think in in that movie. Agreed, but I don't. It's not. It's not. It's not wowing me like he's got Yodas and shit on him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just yeah, isn't. I think crazy. Get down on the ground, ground, it. young Missy. Look at look at Brett. Oh, Brett is already <laughs> arms in the air. Please play, please play that, that raising Arizona score over this. Okay. I will. Yeah. Amazing. All right, put it up on the board, Brett. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fucking nailed it, bruh. Dylan has three. Brett now has two. I have one. Three, two, one. 
Fuck. So fucking psyched Last about this. It's the reason. Hmm. Tucker, no. If anything, no. I ju- oh, this is what I want off? your takeaway to be from my win is contact. that we're not so far. <laughs> neither of us are so far behind now that Dylan is a shoe in to just continue winning. That's <laughs> true. Oh my god, <laughs> we're not in so deep. Yeah. <laughs> to our losses yet, <laughs> it's hopeless. So I right it'll now. be like Dylan six, Brett six, Tucker oh. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, can I pick Mad Max again? Please? <laughs> <laughs> Every week. Uh, well, uh, well uh, I mean, thank, thank you for letting me, thank you for this win. Yeah. I just, I feel so <laughs> appreciative. Letting me win. I feel, I feel. It's also not coincidental, I think, or yeah, not coincidental that uh, uh, that was also the last one we watched. <laughs> mm. uh, I don't know. It could be. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We, we can't. No, we, it is. No, I'm just kidding. Mm, I'm just kidding. I think no, we no, all went into weeks. this thinking no, no, no. inside Lou and Davis was I, the clear winner. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we listening back to the first episode of this series yeah. when I was like putting it out, we were all pretty sure like when Dylan rolls inside Lou and Davis, yeah, we Tucker all just, and I, I just audibly are like, fuck. Yeah, because well, yeah. we had been talking about it in the previous episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, Raising Arizona has been consistently at the, you know, in the top of my Cohen rankings forever. No, and, so and, yeah, I was and, like, well, I the, don't know. If and the rewatch, it just, it just is right there. It's yeah. so fucking good. So, yeah. And it's you weird. know, I doff my hat to thee. <laughs> Ooh, we got a hat. Doff. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it were so simple. Wouldn't it were so simple. Uh, oh, we've, all, we've talked about coming back and doing more Cohen's down the road. Uh, yeah. As in uh, some capacity. So just doing a fucking Cohen yeah. Brothers. Co- but I, I mean, I would want to do a Cohen Brothers co- podcast. I, I don't think anybody wants to hear us talking about. All yeah. The I don't, I don't think I'm smart enough to give them their due. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I know. I started listening to some other movie podcast and I was like, man, they're very smart. We're just fucking ding dong. Hey, <laughs> hey pony. <laughs> oh, you ate sand? Oeuvre. <laughs> Oeuvre. Don't say Oeuvre. Talking about like <laughs> neoliberalism and, and like, patriarchal aspects. Capitalism. Like, oh, and <laughs> I suppose that. Oh, I see their argument. Uh, hmm. <laughs> fart, 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 fart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my, by the way, that's my favorite fart sound is a little the squeaker. little squeaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because. <laughs> Both call it a little squeaker. Because <laughs> it's also the one that like you're clearly trying not to let anyone hear. It, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's a church fart. Have one of those? Yeah. <laughs> a church fart. This <laughs> keeps going. Did you, did you fucking fart. <laughs> Shut up. I farted. Uh, it's not. It's not announcing itself. That's what I would do. <laughs> a, <church. laughs> a blaster would. Yeah. You know. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> Farted. What are we ending our podcast? Cohen Brothers podcast with a bunch of fart jokes. I feel like they'd approve. Yeah. They're not above yeah. it. Yeah, they'd be like, I think they didn't mention neoliberalism. <laughs> yeah, fuck. The Cohen Brothers Shut are not up. above a fart and poop joke. <laughs> True. <Yeah>. By far, <laughs> we we know. <laughs> <clears throat> um, well, thanks everybody for listening. Oh, we, you know what? We gotta we gotta say what our next, next series is gonna week? be. Is that what we do? Do we have a name for it? Oh, we don't quite have a name for it. Um, time after time, time will tell. Uh, oh God, I hate you guys. The time of my life. Um, <laughs> uh, it's time travel movies. It's time travel movies. Yes, yeah. it's about time. It's about time. It's about time. You're out it of time, a, bitch. It is about time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, 
Time's up. Hashtag time's up. Um, in <laughs> oh, time. Shit. <laughs> uh, live, die, repeat. What? Live. Oh, well, no. It's more of a loop. That's no, a loop. That's a loop. We movie. are. That's that's it should be stated that we're, these are we're not we're doing time travel movies. Best yeah. time travel movie. Well, let's get into this at the next episode. No, we're I'm just, just giving people just, the, of the. They four, want the a week thought. to think about it. The the time loop movies. <laughs> we've decided that they do not count. We're not doing time loop. Do not movies. count. No, okay, not for yeah, this. We're not, we're not considering. No Groundhog yeah. Days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are invalid. They are complete trash. <laughs> and if you have ever watched one, you're that, suspect. That's a category of its own. Yeah, right? we could do that. That's a category of no, its own. and that's the. This is why I sleep. And waking like, up in the future is not time travel. <laughs> Agree. Whatever. Like Twenty-eight okay. days later is not a time travel yeah. movie. Does it even? Does anybody even say it is? No, I'm just. I'm but just that's saying, like an like, or like like Idiocracy or Sleeper, or like those kind of movies. Gotcha. Right. I can't. Yeah. They're not. They're because they're they're you going. Fall, you can't fall asleep and wake up. In they're the moving through time and, at a at yeah, the normal just, rate. They're just. They're not traveling through time. They're just sleeping. Yeah. Well. Okay, I mean, well, this is only traveling through time. Sure, 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 because I want to talk about this deeper. Okay, so it's just time travel movies. So it's called traveling through time. Maybe it should be called TikTok, Mister Wick. Jesus fucking Christ! Sure, I think we should call it 1.21 gigawatts. Time circuits on. Okay, time circuits on. Flux capacitor. Um, that's not an expression. Well, thanks everybody. We'll we'll announce the name at the beginning of the next episode. Thanks so everybody. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just want to I just want to wrap this one up yeah, so yeah, that we can too. move on. I'm done. Okay. Right. Thanks Yo, everybody for listening. Do all that podcast stuff that you normally hear. We appreciate uh, you being here. Um, and then until next time, cry macho shitters. What did it So simple.